1: and
0: As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and in godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand.
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addisons here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and today I'm riding solo because my wife is being a wife and a mother. Um, if you would... Would you please pray uh for our little two, um Nathaniel and Sam Witt. Uh they're they're not feeling well right now, so uh we're having to take them to the doctor to see what's up, but um just uh keep them in prayer. You know, when things happen, like we gotta spring into action. And so we are parents first. Uh so I'm here holding it down while mom is doing her thing at home. And so if you're wondering why you're just hearing my voice and some of you turned it on and you got disappointed, but that's okay. It's all good. <laughs> We're going to make it through today. Um, but, um, that's, that's why you don't hear Mickey here today. Um, we plan to be back in full effect tomorrow, uh, for our Friday gumbo show, but keep our family in prayer. Uh, I think it kind of started with Mariah and she wasn't feeling well, but then, um, the little two, a little too, you know, uh, begin to have the sore throat and stuff like that. So, um, then also pray for the rest of our family. Everybody else is doing well. Little Timmy's doing fine. You know, uh, Gabby's doing fine. JD's doing fine. I'm feeling fine. And Miki's doing well. So the thing is that it would stop right there. All right. So if you could join with me and agree with me, uh, in prayer for that, I would truly, truly appreciate it. All right. Well, today I'm going. I'm, I plan to open the phone lines uh, at the end of the show, so uh, to talk about maybe what I talked about yesterday, and having the uh, the perspective of the believing, or what I'm going to talk about today. And what I'm going to talk about today kind of stems from what I uh, opened up the show with yesterday, uh, and I was speaking about how important it is for us as parents, as grandparents, to really take seriously. Discipling our children uh, in the home. We have a great opportunity to see uh, our children, our grandchildren, even our nieces and nephews. If you're involved in in a child's life, to see them raised up for the glory of God. Those things don't just happen by osmosis. It's not just they're not going to just catch it. They have to be trained up. We have to share the gospel. We have to have the scriptures uh, before them. Uh, daily do I do it perfectly do, does Mickey do it perfectly no we we are striving though to always place the word of God before our children that they will be able to stand in their day you know they'll be able to stand in their day and uh, this is the time church this is the time people of God that we have to be serious about what we're doing in the home you know uh, when the lion's share of the time is going outside of the home, whether it's school, whether it's activities, whether it's whatever it may be. Man, we got to reevaluate that and see how can we be more effective in our, uh, in our homes. Some things may have to be cut off, you know. Uh, you may have to look at things such as homeschooling or, 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 or ways that you can be present in your children's lives more than you are. Uh, it's, it's, it's game time. It's been game time, but man, it's the fourth quarter. It's the bottom of the nine. And so, um, we have to truly, truly be, uh, sensitive to what God is saying that he would help us to know what to do in these days. Because quite honestly, and I think I said this yesterday, the other side is not taking breaks. It's not, you know, taking timeouts and let me rest a little while. They're coming at our children. They're coming at us with full force, all different directions, right? Media, you know, we see it there. Social media, divide all the devices. And, you know, there's so many points of access that are there. And we have to truly be on guard. We have to truly be on guard. So today I'm going to talk about generations. Generations. And, man, I've been talking about this for the... Um, I feel like for the last few weeks in different settings, because it's something that God has really placed upon my heart. So it matters what we do in our generation to sure up the next generation. It matters. And when we fail to disciple our children, we invite destruction and set off consequences that could last for future generations that will be uh, 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 in future generation. We'll see them prop up. In, in future generations. And God, it's so funny, he deals in generations. When you look in the Bible, look in the scriptures, you see so so, so much talk about then this generation died off and another generation arose. You know, uh, you, you see it all throughout scripture. The, and the, the Bible said in Exodus chapter 1, verse 1 through 8, it said, Now these are the, the, the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, and they came, each one, With his household in the name, all the sons, Reuben, Simeon, Levi and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun and Benjamin, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher. All the persons who came from the loins of Jacob were 70 in number. But Joseph was already in Egypt. Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation. But the sons of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly and multiplied and became exceedingly mighty so that the land was filled with them. But now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. This struck me because all that Joseph had had done for Egypt, the position that he served in, it's amazing to me that after he died, and all his brothers died, and that whole generation, that there arose a generation there a rows of people who did not know Joseph and by extension did not know the God of Joseph. How does that happen? How does that happen in America? How do we go from, and I, I think I said this before, a country that was based and founded upon biblical principles to where we are now? What happens? Well, and we're going to talk about this today. There are gaps that are formed because generations before do not do what they're supposed to do in handing down the gospel, handing down the word of God. So you have these gaps that form. And so you'll have a generation that arise that will be less moral than a previous generation. It don't just happen by accident. It happens because we're not on our jobs. So, how can you go from a nation, right, where the founders went to the, uh, the Bible for instruction, that even the textbook of the, the schools was the, was the Bible? How do you go from that to what we have now where God is not even welcome? Well, it's because we give that stuff over. We become dull, we become lazy. We become people who are not focused on God. We become ones who become more and more worldly. And so a gap forms. And we're going to talk about it today. Another scripture in Judges, chapter 2, verse 6 through 10. It says, When Joshua had had dismissed the people, the sons of Israel went each to his uh, inheritance to possess the land. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, who had seen all the great work of the Lord, which, had, which he had done for Israel. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, he died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the territory of his inheritance in Timnat, Haraz, in the hill country of Ephraim north of Mount Gash then it says this all that generation also were gathered to their fathers so you have a generation you have Joshua and you have those who came up with Joshua who died then it says and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord nor yet the work which he had done for Israel how does this happen how does this happen? And we're going to talk about this because God gave Joshua and the people with him instructions on building up a memorial to talk about the goodness of God. Remember, he had them gather 12 stones and set them at a certain spot that they can remember that God helped them to cross over the Jordan, that he delivered them. So how do you go from that to a generation that don't even know the lord with the red sea that took took place the crossing of the over of the jordan the, the the manna from heaven the quail all these things how do you get a people how do you get a people who don't know the lord it's because there's a gap there that's something that happens It's a dropping of the the ball or, or, you know, dropping of the baton, however you want to put it, to where a generation behind you don't receive what you have. And we're living in that type of thing right now in America. Right now in America. The immorality, the godlessness, all these things that are going on. Man, it's because there was a dropping of the ball. In the book of Judges, God would raise up judges for Israel. And after, they, after that, they would cry out uh, to him. He would give them uh, judges. Then, after a while, after the judges deliver them, right, they would have rest for about 40 years. Most of the time, about 40 years, sometimes 80 years, sometimes 20. But they would have rest. But then the people would get relaxed again. They would start serving other gods, you know, worshiping idols, and then God would punish them. And then again, God would send a judge and the judge would deliver the people. And they would have rest for another 40, 20 years or whatever. And then again, they would get lazy. This was a cycle that when you read the book of Judges, this is what happened. And this is how, this is what the Bible puts it. I'll read it straight from the word here. Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And he followed other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed themselves down to them. Thus they provoked the Lord to anger, So they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Asherah. And the anger of the Lord burned against Israel. And he gave them into the hands of plunderers who plundered them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies around them so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Mm. And wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil as the Lord has spoken and as the Lord has sworn to them so that they were severely distressed. Then the Lord raised up judges who delivered them from the hands of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges for they played the harlot after other gods and bowed themselves down to them. Right. They turned aside quickly from the way in which their fathers had walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do as their fathers. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed and afflicted them. But it came about when the judge died. That they would turn back and act more corruptly, man, doesn't that sound familiar? They would act more corruptly than their fathers, in following other guys and serve them and bow down to them. They did not. They did not abandon these practices or their stubborn, stubborn ways. We're gonna stop right here. This is Aaron Addison. We'll be back right after this. We're talking about generations. Please stick with me. So I don't need a rose, but I might push a phantom that's right off the lot. I know I'm serving the father of time, and that's whether I got on a paddock or not. Need a supply for the drip, and the line for the whip, but I've counted a little, a lot. Placing my treasure in heaven, where it'll get better, and don't got a weather to ride. Yeah, pledge my allegiance, I'm reading Ephesians. I grew with the heathens, I ran with hyenas. They told me to beat it, that led me to Jesus. He led me to freedom, the trap undefeated, we keep it in season. Look, you gotta see it, the home of the freest, got 10,000 reasons. No people for pleasing, no fault in the treason, we really. On the dot, yeah, yeah I'm going off and I don't plan to stop KB and Dilly, yeah, yeah High out is free with a handful of locks I bring his wheels to the table, I'm never entangled i giving you red table talk Yeah, KB and Dilly, we setting it up This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio and I'm Will I'm riding solo today, but uh, my beautiful wife will be back tomorrow Lord willing And today we're talking about generations, generations, and how important generations are to the Lord. Now, I want to move forward here because I want to, we talked about the cycle that the uh, people of Israel went through, right, Uh, with the judges. But they always rebelled, and God would raise up a judge to deliver them, and then it would be fine for a while, for about a generation. (laughs) Generation is about 35 years, uh, so about 40 years, they would be fine. But then when all those people die out, they'll forget and it will be rebellious again. And then God will raise up another judge. Man, that is how we live a lot of times. Like, man, our, our memory could be so short term. It could be so short term, but we're talking about generations. And so I want to um, look at ways that God ensured that his people would not lose the generations that would come behind them. He had a plan. He had a way that he instructed Israel. He instructed his people to do certain things that the ones that would come behind them would not forget the goodness of God. We're going to look at that. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 7 through 9. And this one says, that you shall have no, no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven or above or earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And I visit the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me. So there can be a generational curse But those who disobey God, you ever wonder why you can see and I I know people like this. I've seen it to where that you, you can have a young man who did not grow up with his father. But act just like him. I mean, to a point where it's not just, oh, they just have the same mannerism. Some of that is true, but the same thought pattern and even some of the same vices. Or in this young man who never grew up with his dad, there's a, there's a spiritual thing going on there. I believe that the legacy that we leave as Christians it affect those who come after us, right? Man, I, I was I was talking about how when I was, uh, I, I was sharing with someone how when I was a, a a baby, my mom and my dad uh were separated. My dad was unsaved at the time, and this is from what he told me. And so the Lord saved him right in his apartment, right in his apartment by himself. And he said, one of the first things that the Lord told him to do was to go and get your wife and your son. And I'm telling you right now that if I didn't grow up with my dad in my life and the influence that he had upon me, man, I don't know where I would be, but that choice And that decision that was made, that and that that obedience that my dad had to the Lord, and getting his family, and raising me, man, I know that I am where I am today, partly because of the influence of of my dad. He was a godly man. God saved him. Another thing that would have happened, or wouldn't, would not have happened. I I probably wouldn't have a sister. She was eight years younger than me. So if my dad and my mom wouldn't have got back together. So it's it's, the things that we do right now has an effect, have an effect on our uh, uh, our grandkids and our kids and and those who are not yet born. And we're going to look at those scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four through nine says here, O Israel, the Lord is the Lord is our God. The Lord is one and you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words, which I am commanding you today, shall be on your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your sons. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. A way to 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 uh, stop up that gap through the generations is by us teaching our children the ways of God. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates see this is intentional And a lot of people will tell you today, oh, man, it don't it don't take all that. Just, you know, make sure they 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 stay in church, send them to church. Look, we have to give our children the word of God on a consistent basis with all that they are encountering today. For us to be lazy in this task, man, we're just giving the victory over to the enemy. So to stop that gap, God has set up that families, that fathers, that mothers would teach their children diligently about God. Generations are crucial to God's plan. The scripture says in uh, Joshua chapter four, verse one through nine. It says, now, when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe and command them saying take up for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the middle of the of the Jordan from the place where the priest the priest's feet are standing firm and carry them over with you and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight so Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel One man from each tribe and Joshua said to them, cross again to the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. And each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, more like a boulder, (laughs) a stone on the shoulder, (laughs) according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. And let this be a sign among you so that when your children ask, ask later. So when, so when, so when your children ask later, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. Thus the sons of Israel did as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan just as the Lord spoke to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. And they carried them over with them to the lodging place and put them down there. Then Joshua set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the feet of the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. And they are there to this day. So there was a memorial set up that God told them, hey, set this up, these stones, These stones, these 12 stones. And when your son asks you, "What, what does all this mean? What does it mean to you? It will provide an opportunity to tell about the goodness of God. See, we have things in our lives that God has done. They are memorials, and we should be willing and able and ready that when our children ask us, man, why do you go so hard for the Lord? Why do you serve him like you do? I don't understand why you're so in love with Jesus. We say, look, he brought me out of Egypt. He brought me out of sin. He redeemed me. it It sets up a platform to talk about the goodness of God. And not only that, you tell them about the goodness of God, and you tell them that they can trust God, too. That confidence can be in God. It's powerful. Psalm chapter 78, verse 1 through 8. If you want to know how to shore up that gap between generations that we see happening in culture, it's through us teaching our children. Intentional teaching of the goodness of God. Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us and our fathers have told us we will not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. This is something that should be happening ongoingly in our homes, not just when we go to church in our homes, we're talking about the goodness of God, the praises of the Lord. Then it says, and his strength, And his wondrous works that he has done man for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children that the generation to come might know even the children yet to be born that they may arise and tell them to their children amazing It says that the generation to come might know. Even the children yet to be born. It's just what I said earlier. The way that we live our lives, the way that we're walking before the Lord, it has an effect on a generation that's not even born yet. That my sons and my daughter and my daughters would tell their sons and their daughters about the faith that, that, that the grandfather had, but not only that grandfather had, but that they have as well. And that they'll tell their children, you can trust in this God. He's been tried and tested and proven. This is the way that we shore up that gap between generations. That they may arise and tell them to their children that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God. But keep his commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. That's Psalm chapter 78, verse 1 through 8. I would mark that scripture if I was you. Very powerful scripture. And then we have in Exodus chapter 12, verse 23 through uh, 27, another one. For the Lord will pass. The, uh, to smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. And you shall observe this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever. When you enter the land which the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall observe this right and when your children say to you and when there it is again and when so we should be living in such a way that our children are asking us questions about our walk with the lord and when your children say to you what does this right mean to you you shall say it is a passover sacrifice to the lord who passed over the house the houses of the sons of israel in egypt When he smote the Egyptians, but spared our homes and the people bowed low and worship. Amazing. The way that we sure up future generations, that that gap is not there, is that we are consistently as believers talking about the goodness of God, keeping the scriptures before our children and our grandchildren. That's how we uh, 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 bridge that gap. That's how we bridge that gap. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse twenty through twenty-one. When your son asks you in the time to come, saying, "What do the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments mean, which the Lord our God commanded you?" <laughs> Again, this is taken into account that we are living a righteous life before our children; that they are asking questions about, man the goodness of God and why we do what we do. He said, then you shall say to your son, we were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt and the Lord brought us from Egypt with a mighty hand. So we're living our lives. We're praising God. We're, we're, we're uh, living as true believers and our children are like, man, I don't, you know, my mom, my dad, they, they are so in love with God, You know, what is it? What is it that I'm missing? Why do we do what we do? We say, son, daughter, I was a slave to sin. (laughs) I was a slave to sin. And God redeemed me from the pit. I was a slave to my own desires. And God saved me. And because of that, I trust him. I have confidence in him. And you can, too. This is what we should be passing on to our children. This is what we should be passing on. After the break, I'm gonna get into this. There's an article I just wanna kind of mention uh real quick. There's an article I, I wanna mention. Uh, and it talks just about what's going on with the generations. Matter of fact, it says Generation Z and the future fate, and the future of fate in America. Generation Z. And the future of faith in America And it was a survey conducted by The Center on American Life And some of the things that were brought out there I'm like man We have the answers in the word of God We have the answers We have to be intentional in the home The reason why we lose so many young people The reason why is We haven't even tried to hand down The faith in a way That would be uh, found In a consistent way That we haven't done it and we have to be real with ourselves that we need to do a better job. This is Ernie Addison's here in American Family Radio. Be back right after this.
1: I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up. So there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy
0: this is Aaron Addisons Here song, in American Family Radio uh, It's not Wednesdays with Will But it's, I guess it would be Thursdays with Will today um, Again I ask for prayer for My two little ones uh, Nathaniel and Sam Witt They're not feeling well So uh, Miki is uh, attending to them right now And i uh, just ask your prayers for them and our household. Um and so yes, we're talking about generations today. Now, if you would like to call and ask questions or make a comment about something I said yesterday or even today, you can call in at 888 589 8840. 888 589 8840. Um but I want to continue talking about these generations and there's an article that I was discussing with with Miki, and we and um, man, it's Generation Z and the future of of faith in America. And some of the key points here it says, compared with previous generations, Gen Zers report being much less involved in regular uh, religious activities during their childhood. The formative religious experiences that were once common, such as saying grace or attending Sunday school, have become more of the exception than the norm. And it says, in a change from the past, most Americans raised without religion do not find it later in life. In a change from the past. So in the past, it, this wasn't the case. So in a change from the past, most Americans raised without religion do not find it later in life. Do not find it later in life. And today nearly... Uh, Two-thirds, 65% of Americans who report having no childhood religious affiliation say they still are unaffiliated as adults, rivaling that of established religious traditions. And then religious uh, disaffiliation can strain family relationships and may lead to feelings of loneliness and distrust especially for those who have left more conservative religious traditions, such as evangelical Protestantism. All right. Another part of this study says, now I want you to catch that it's saying that compared to previous generations. So there's been a decline. And that's what I was talking about. The gap that we are experiencing between, say, for instance, uh, boomers, it, it 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 has declined. All each generation, uh, Generation X, you know, Gen Zers and Millennials, there's a been there's been a decline. So something has not been happening, and I would submit that something has not been happening in the homes. The instructions that were given to the children of Israel were that they were supposed to consistently keep before their children, right? Well, first of all, they were supposed to live in such a way. Where they were adhering to the ordinances of God, and that their children from that would ask questions of why you guys do that, and they would immediately be able to point to the goodness of God. And when you don't have that, when you don't have either of those things, whether it's not living according to the ordinances of God, or if you have, you know, to where. You, you don't speak of God in the home, like there's no keeping the, the scriptures before the children, they're not going to ask the questions. They're not going to want to know about this God you're serving because they don't see it. But with everything there, you will have children who will ask you about the faith. What's going on? I don't understand this. And it'll be an uh, on-ramp to point to the goodness of God and the confidence that we can have in them. I want to read this other statement here um, from this study. The Generation Gap in Religious Affiliation. It said, American religious identity has experienced nearly three decades of consistent decline. Three decades of consistent decline. But this roughly linear trend mask significant generational variation in religious identity. Research has consistently shown that every generation of adults is somewhat less religious than the generation that preceded it. And this pattern continues with Generation Z, demonstrating less attachment to religion than the millennial generation did. In terms of identity, Generation Z is the least religious generation yet. So it's, as time goes on, it gets worse and worse. And more than one-third, 34%, 34% of Generation Z are religiously unaffiliated and a significantly larger portion than among millennials, 29%, and Generation X, 25%, fewer than one in five, 18% of the baby boomers, and only 9% of the silent generation or the greatest generation are religiously unaffiliated. So you see that there is a decline. And what I'm trying to get across to us today is that when we don't do what God says as Christians and taking seriously our job in the home to pass down the faith, I'm not saying that because you're a Christian, that means that your your child is going to be a Christian But I'm saying that we have to at least try in our homes to disciple our kids, to show them the word of God, to to live before them in a way that will show a consistency in our walk with Christ. So the scriptures that we we have read would prove to be true. That when your son asks you in time in a time to come saying, what do the testimonies and the statues and the judgments mean? Which the Lord, our God commanded you. Then you shall say to your son, we were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. And the Lord brought us from Egypt with a mighty hand. We have to give our children the opportunity to, to, to even say that, to even ask those questions. Are we living in such a way where these questions are even coming about? I would submit that we've been lazy. That we have outsourced our discipleship in the home to the church. And we have relied... Upon the youth pastor, which is not fair, we want them to do miracles. (laughs) We want them to do miracles with our children when we have been given the job, the task, the command, the privilege to disciple our children in the home. But we're too busy. We're running around here, running around there. And so we don't take the time out that's necessary to pour into our children. And what we see happening now is because all of the agendas that have have uh, just come upon our kids. They're confused because they don't know what the Bible says. I'm not speaking about something that I haven't seen. We've we have talked to these children who are growing up in, in Christian households who are confused about sexuality. The Bible is clear. And they'll look at someone like us as being hateful for for simply stating what the word of God says. The churches don't want to talk about it. That's a sensitive issue. It's like, "Oh, no, we don't really want to get man, but they are hearing about these things from their peers and from the world. There's no reason why our children should be confused about sexuality. No reason. The Bible is clear. The Bible is clear but when you don't want to set before your children what the word says, or you don't have time to well, they're going to, they're going to get an opinion. They're going to get some type of indoctrination. Isn't it better that it comes from us and from the word of God? I would think so. You know, this is something that we can do as parents, as grandparents. This is not something that's out of our reach. And so I just want to encourage us in that. But I want to go to the phone lines. Um, We have a couple of of, of calls. The number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. And I want to go to uh, Essence in Texas. Hi, Essence.
1: Hey. Good afternoon. This kind of coincides with the scripture you read. I don't Mm -hmm. think parents... Uh, need to just pull the children out from public school, but rather the line and lioness should equip the cubs to take Scripture to school. The children can share with their peers, and then those children can bring it home. Jesus will help those cubs. Let the cub write down Scripture on an index card and speak it out to friends and at lunchtime with the class. It doesn't matter if they're punished by the teacher because Jesus will make that teacher feel shame. Never uh, teach your child to cower um, by not wanting to go to school because it hurts them from their friends being taken from them, you know. And how well, cool would it be for your cubs to bring their friends?
0: Yeah, to I, friends? I would say I would say this essence. I would say this: if we're not discipling our children in the home, I I wouldn't send them to a school. The first job is discipling them in the home. A lot of our kids are really not ready. To go to school. They're not ready to do what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I've seen it. I used to uh, be a a campus minister. I've seen the children that come from school to college, church kids. They were not ready to be put into a setting where they were bombarded by uh, uh, ideologies and things that, man, they, they just were not ready to do what you're talking about. That was the same mindset, honestly, that I had about my children. That They're going to go into the schools, and they're going to win this one for, for the Lord, and they're going to be missionaries. But I found out really quickly that my children at the ages that they were in primary school were not ready. Now, I'm more and more confident that my children will be able to stand on God's word as right now. But a lot of these kids, if they're not getting what they're supposed to be getting at home— man, they are not ready to go out and to do what you're talking about. But I understand what you're saying. That should be no fear. And if, if you have a child who is in school, man, equip them. Equip them. Know that they are ready to be in that environment to be able to share. But I'm telling you, most of the children are not. They're not, especially with the attacks that are going on nonstop, right now then they're, they're not ready all right uh let's go to cat catherine in virginia
1: hello will how are you this evening i'm good doing afternoon. doing fine good great um i'm seeing a lot of redefining of everything why is one of my pet peeves is why do we call our children kids yeah i did that a kid is a goat okay we keep saying kids <laughs> this kids that kids this they are not kids. They are children. And they're, then when they're 13...
0: They're okay, they're 13, hold, hold on, children. Catherine. You're right. They are children. Um, we've gotten that comment before, um, and I understand where you're coming from with that. But uh, you have another comment to make?
1: Well, it's, it's their definitions. What are we doing with definitions? We Are we giving them... People say something's true, but there's truth, and truth is based on God's Word. Are we Amen. Living it?
0: All right, let's go. To Stanley in North Carolina. Go ahead, Stanley.
1: How are you doing, Big Will? Doing good. Uh I have like a statement, man, and my statement is uh my daughter seen me getting ostracized from church or whatever because mm-hmm. I was beginning to read the Bible myself and seeing how everything was so skewed coming out of the mouths. So, um a verse that I had to show her was uh, you know, famous thing that everybody know jesus knock i knock on the door and if you open the door you shall in still will enter in and sup with you mm-hmm. and i asked her if she noticed anything specific about that and she didn't so i had to let her know that he was knocking on the door of the church yes because the church locked him out mm. so it's not so i don't see the emphasis on the church jesus reassured us time and time again that the church wasn't in a building wasn't in a temple wasn't in a mountain. That it will be in you, the kingdom is in you, mm-hmm. and I just, I just feel like we shouldn't be relying on the church so much to teach our kids, or to lead our kids, or to train our kids. The per the train is just the first, tr- the train is just the engine. The cars are the other parts of the train. So the train is what actually pulls everything behind it, which means it stays attached to the train.
0: And Stanley, I would I would say this. I I agree that it's the job of the the parents is like the church comes alongside what's happening in the home. The church comes alongside to supplement what the parents are already doing. And a lot of times we put on the church what we should be doing in our homes, And it's unfair to youth pastors, you know, that we would expect them to basically disciple our children. That's not their job. That has been given to, us as the parents and so what the youth pastor is supposed to do is just reinforce what they're what they're already getting at home but a lot of times we want to outsource the discipleship to the youth pastor and say go ahead perform a miracle <laughs> make my child like it's supposed to be and that's not the way that it's done that's not the way we see in the bible and we we have to stop that And you know, i've talked to youth pastors who Feel like, man, I, I don't know what to do, man. I, I can't, I can't perform miracles. If, the, if, if what I'm teaching here is not, you know, something that's being done in the home, man, you know, you, you're fighting against yourself. You, you, you're not going to succeed. And so that's a great point, Stanley. Well, this has been Aaron Addison here on American Family Radio. Uh, thank you for listening. Thursdays it Will. Uh, be back tomorrow. But until then, God bless.